Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Hyder, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. Today's guest is Karina Dawn, who is the co-founder of Tone It Up. Now, Tone It Up is a brand that I followed from, I want to say, when I was in college. Like, that's when I first heard of them. So this was 2011, 2012 is when I first heard about them. So I've been following them from very early on in their journey. And if you haven't heard of them, Tone It Up is one of the very first kind of online fitness brands. So they started off as one of the OG fitness people on YouTube posting workouts and then expanded into a product line. They have a great protein powder. Just their products are great in general. They have like booty bands, which I also have. So I've known about this brand for a really long time. I've liked this brand for a very long time. And so it was really cool for me to connect with Karina, who is the co-founder. And she has like a very interesting story because she and she gets into all of that today. She founded the brand with her best friend, Katrina Scott. But essentially, she's been a huge advocate for mental health and has just been very open about her story, which looks a little bit different from what you may think when you see someone so successful. So she came from a background where her mom struggled with mental health and was actually diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. And so she goes into all of that in this episode. And it really is such a lesson, I think, for all of us to not be a victim of whatever hand we're dealt, but rather come out of it stronger and take it as a lesson and know that you have like a very special role to play in this world when you come from more challenging circumstances. So her story is incredibly inspiring. There's so much that we can learn from her and what she's built with her business. It is incredibly successful and very, very inspiring. So I think you guys are going to learn a lot from her, especially because I speak to a lot of you and you tell me about the fact that you deal with imposter syndrome and sometimes deal with the mental health component of being an entrepreneur. And we get into all of that today. So it's a really robust conversation, which I'm very excited 
excited to bring to you. Before we get into it, though, let's get into this week's review, which comes to us from Anavia3007. And she says, so much inspiration. Hi, Sif. I found your podcast and your brand just recently, and I just love the freshness you bring in everything you do. Your conversations are so inspiring, and I'm learning more and more every day about new products, different mindsets, and surprisingly myself. Wish you all the best of luck in everything you accomplish. This is such a kind comment. Thank you so much, Anavia. This means a lot to me. And you guys, if you have a couple of minutes and want to support the show, please take a moment to rate and review it. So all you have to do is open the Apple podcast app. You may already have it open. Scroll down to the bottom where it says rate and review the show. If you feel like I've deserved it, please leave me a five-star rating. And in the review section, tell me what you want to hear more of, what you're loving, favorite topics, guests you want to hear from. Literally anything you can give me is valuable to me and just helps me show up as a really good host for you guys and continue to bring you content that you value. Okay. And then the last thing, of course, is this week's hot tip, which is a book. Many of you guys have heard my episode with Dr. Mindy Pels, and it is all about fasting as a woman. And she has a book called Fast Like a Girl. If you haven't heard that interview yet and you're interested at all in intermittent fasting or hormones or anything like that, I highly recommend you give it a listen. But I, of course, went ahead and read her book right after it was released. And let me tell you, it was one of the best books that I have ever read on female health and wellness. So if you're interested in fasting and really like doing a deep dive into like how you should be fasting at every stage of your cycle and beyond that, even the foods that we should be eating, the kind of workouts we should be doing, how we should be structuring our work days, all of that is in Dr. Mindy Pels' book. And it really is an incredible read. So um, highly, highly recommend this book. And with that, let's welcome... Karina Dawn to the Dream Bigger podcast. All right. So let's dive in. Okay. So you have been super vocal about mental health, which I think is incredibly refreshing. And I don't know, I feel like you were one of the first to be as vocal as you are about it. And I know that you've shared that your mom actually struggled with mental health. Mm -hmm. So I want to go back to your childhood and really understand like what the impact of having a mother with mental health issues was like. It was very interesting. So I grew up in the 90s and no one was talking about mental health back then. Yeah. And it was so it was very difficult. And Growing up in, back then when my mom was in and out of the house and she – so my mom was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia and then she also was diagnosed with depression and she passed away in 20, September 2021. So it hasn't been that long. But back then I was this little little girl figuring out her own way when no mm. one was talking about it. It was really hard. Once my mom was gone for a few weeks as a missing persons, and then we... So she would just go missing? Like, it yeah. wasn't like, okay. One of the first times, she, we ordered pizza as a family. We were going to watch a movie, and she was going to walk to the corner store to get some soda, or pop, as we call it, in Indiana. And she never came back. And that was the first time she disappeared. And so another time she was gone for a few months and she was a, a Jane Doe at a hospital for a few months. And finally, once the psychiatrist there started giving her Haldol, which is a, a medication they were using, then she came out of her psychosis and said, oh, I do have a I have a husband. I have children. This is who I am. And we show up at the hospital and the doctors tell us your mom We've diagnosed her with paranoid schizophrenia. 
I was probably 12 years old at the time. And I went to the library and I found a book to educate myself on it. So growing up with a mother who was diagnosed with a mental illness, it was a lot of self-education, but also a lot of confusion and a lot of self-harm. So when this initially, like she for the first time went missing, was that the first time it kind of manifested? Did it pop up out of the blue? Like that was her first occurrence of psychosis? You know, there were probably other episodes. Right. But we didn't realize it. She was very angry a lot. My dad and her fought a lot. But Mm -hmm. I mean, hey, whose parents don't Of course. That's normal. It's normalized that marriages are not perfect, number one. But I I didn't find out till later that her father, my mom's father, was also schizophrenic and committed suicide when my mom was 18. Wow. But the family didn't talk about it. And so then you're like this kid and we're like, it's like bam, bam, bam. And then, you know, hits mom and yeah. It's so interesting because back in the 90s, like I was born in 1991 and I remember like there was literally no conversation around mental health. And I see shifts happening now in North America, obviously. And it's Mm -hmm. really incredible to see people like yourself and others being really vocal about the fact that you know, th- there there is such a thing as mental illness. And honestly, like, it shouldn't be something that we're afraid to talk about. It's like any other illness. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, I'm a brown woman and it is much less common for mm-hmm. this to be addressed in brown communities. And yeah. it's obviously it happens there, too, but no one's talking about it. I is feel it, like we're so behind. Do you think it's no one's talking about it or there's more shame in your community? I think both. You know, I think that people want to keep their families sheltered Mm -hmm. when or like just protect against other people maybe talking badly, even though there's really nothing to talk badly about. You know, like I think that psychosis, mental illness, anxiety, whatever your condition is, it's a very normal part of the human experience. And I just think it's very ironic because when it's like, bodily illnesses right no one is you have cancer everybody's running your bedside to see how they can help you have a mental illness which is a disease of the brain then no one they're scared and yeah. you're left alone much like my mother probably felt very alone and uh, you don't have the resources then right because if you don't talk about it then how is anyone supposed to even help you diagnose what's going on right imagine if you were diagnosed with something that nobody talked about and then you're left there all alone and then they're like, take this medication and, you know, it's just, but there's no education yeah. on it. And you're you're felt to have shame around it when in actuality, it's not your fault. It's mm-hmm. a genetic disease. Mm-hmm. And which I will say, like, I, it really made me suffer for many years through my teens and early 20s because I thought I would be like my mom and my grandfather. And it skipped a generation. Wow. And so I think that's what gave me the strength to speak up about it because I am mentally well. I mean, do I have, like most people, like situational depression or going through a pandemic and dealing with that? Or do I have anxiety? Yes, but I'm fine talking about it and opening up about that. And I write a lot about it in my book, too. It's, in as you know, even let's say 14 years ago when I founded Tone It Up, a fitness That's company. That's been 14 years? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, two, yeah, 2009. Incredible. Yeah, it's been that long. And, you know, I was talking to Katrina back in the day, and I never opened up even about my family because mm-hmm. I felt shame around it. And to this day, I'm like, why was I? But that was society putting that shame. Totally. 
everyone's got to be happy and everyone's got to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I told Kat when we started Tone It Up, I'm like, we're like fitness superstars. Like, I cannot share my past. Like, it has to stay hidden. And I was like, no one can know that I did drugs for a decade. I escaped. I had a suicide attempt. And thank God, a survivor so that I can share my story so that this doesn't happen to other teenagers and kids or adults. But it was so like back then we both were like, yeah, we can't say it. But then I was suppressing. And so when you suppress your emotions and your feelings, you can't be your true self. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't help you and your growth. And so finally, I was just like, I'm just putting it all out there. Yeah, I mean, it's I feel like it's led to a lot of authenticity. And I'm sure a lot of people were able to connect to you in a way that they weren't able to in the past. It's really refreshing, I would say. Here's a fun fact about me. I barely sweat at the gym or when I'm hot even. In fact, it takes me more than five minutes in a sauna to start sweating. Isn't that just insane? But when I'm in stressful situations, I start sweating. Like it's really easy for me to start sweating when I'm stressed out. And I learned that this is because our bodies create different types of sweat depending on the scenario. For example, stress sweat is totally different and even comes from a different type of sweat gland than movement or heat-based sweat. NAS deodorants was created with this in mind. If you haven't heard of them yet, NAS is a new, clean, aluminum-free, dermatologist-tested brand. Basically, NAS deodorants are customized for different occasions. They created different formulas for your different sweat moments. NAS gives you the right sweat protection and right fragrance at the right time. You guys know I'm a big fan of brands that are thoughtful when it comes to their branding and make their products really user-friendly, which is I think what Nez really did by easily breaking down the difference between each of their different products. So you know exactly what deodorant to use in which scenario. So of course, I'm so excited for them to be a partner for the show. And the best part is that they have a really great offer for you guys. Visit nezcare.com and use promo code DREAMBIGGER, all one word, at checkout for 10% off your entire order. That's N-E-Z-C-A-R-E.com and use promo code DREAMBIGGER, all one word, for 10% off your entire order. Promo code is valid through June 30th, 2023. You can thank me for being sweat-free. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hi guys, my name is Sarah Nicole and I am the host of the Papaya Podcast. 
podcast, where each week we dish out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom, all through candid conversations in a very real and tangible way. I want everyone to know that they're not alone and that we share in these experiences called life. And sometimes when we get to know somebody else's story, it changes ours a little bit as well. So I want you to tune in with us on Mondays, subscribe, rate and review it and keep these conversations going with us. You can tune in behind the scenes at the Papaya Podcast and the Birds Papaya on Instagram as well. Can't wait to see you next week. You know, you were going through this as a kid, mm. like 12, 13, just like baby. formatory years. You're like a baby. Yeah. So what what started happening? Like, what was the impact on your personal journey, like your mental health, the fact that, you know, you were coming from this sort of a background? Yeah. So home life, mom was either gone or mom and dad were fighting. I was very alone. I learned at a very young age to be self-sufficient and take care of myself. And I think that led me into entrepreneurship. I was like making my own money. I'm like, I got to get a lemonade stand this weekend. I just was like, became this very creative kid. But I also became a very dark kid because I wasn't going to therapy. I wasn't having the support. My dad was going through his own stuff too. He was his wife of 25 years was just gone one day. Like she'd been in and out of the house, but then one day she was just gone. And ended up in California. Interesting story of how I ended up in California. (laughs) But it was really hard. It was really dark. I think I don't have very many good memories of my childhood, my teen years, because I was always trying to escape or trying to survive. When someone looks at you now, you're this incredibly successful woman and rewind back to a few years ago before you'd even shared all of this about yourself we saw you as this incredibly successful woman who'd started this incredible like fitness sensation, I would say. Mm-hmm. How did you pull yourself out of the predicament that you were in? Because it's not easy to do, you know, like most, like a lot of people, I'm not going to say most because we don't know the numbers, but a lot of people when they are in a darker place, stay there. It's really hard to pull yourself out and choose another way. You know what? I think it's easier to stay in a dark place. I really do. It takes so much work to pull yourself out of that darkness and out of that putting your blinders on and moving through life in this like just dark, sad, destructive way versus in my early 20s, I had this aha moment. I was hanging out in Hollywood and go to the clubs every night. And I had a three day bender and ended up in a park one morning with a friend of mine. And I was like, and then you go to this like, depression of like, what am I doing with my life? And I had this moment where I I said, Karina, there is something greater than this in your life. You are meant to be more than this. This is, you were not served this to just have your life fall apart. You were served this life to make it greater and help others. And so at that point I said, done with the drugs. Okay. When was I happiest? When was I joyful? And that's me. When I was 12, 11, 12 years old, I ran my first half marathon and moving my body made me mentally feel good and crossing that finish line. So I instead of I swapped um, Hollywood clubs for waking up at sunrise and surfing in Manhattan Beach, I swapped it for training for a triathlon. Fitness became my healing. 
I thought back when I was a kid, I actually used to watch my mom before she got sick and she would work out like Jane Fonda and Denise Austin and VHS tapes. And I was like, I want to be them when I grow up. So I was like, you know what, Karina, you're going to be them. And so I, I shifted to fitness as my cure and then wanted to share that with other women and met Katrina at a gym. And she has her own story, too. And we we're just like, let's make fitness fun again. There was a time when fitness was very like, you know, strict and like mm-hmm. you have to do this. You can't eat this. You can't have a glass of wine. Eat this. We're like, let's just be us. So for anyone who is kind of going through a dark period of time, OK, what would you say is the first step? The first step is talking to someone. Call a friend, mm-hmm. call a family member. Don't be ashamed. It's fine because most likely a lot of people around you are actually going through, have have gone through or might also be going through that. And also with my mental health foundation, The Big Silence, we do have a, a crisis text line that's 100% confidential 24-7. If you text 741-741 to HERO, H-E-R-O, you can be connected to a licensed counselor right away that can help you navigate that. I also really like something you said. You said that you went back to what brought you joy. Mm-hmm. And that's where you were able to kind of pinpoint the fact that it was movement that brought you a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. I think that that is also something that people can take away, like whether they're in like a really dark place or just in a place where maybe they don't know what to do with life. I think that that's like a really good kind of North Star to to strive towards that. Like, OK, what, what brings me joy? Can I do more of it? Yeah. I mean, maybe you just go outside and go for a walk. (laughs) Fresh air is like the best free medicine ever. It's true. It's true. So since then, have you adopted certain habits or practices that help you show up as the best version of yourself? Because, you know, there's also the saying that sometimes you have to do the action before you are the person. Yeah. Little steps. I mean, obviously, movement, physical fitness, meditation, I do a lot, especially as I get older. And I feel as you get older, life just gets like more stressful. What is that? (laughs) I know. It's just a lot. (laughs) It's like that freedom of a child is like gone. Like, how do you get back there? I know. (laughs) And like, okay, what do I do to feel like a kid again? I think that's so important to find those like little kid moments of having fun. But what do I do? I, you know, I try to have a routine. I think that's really important. And, And having a routine from... Waking up, the simplest thing of feeling accomplished, making your bed in the morning. I know that sounds so silly and cliche, but literally I wake up and I make my bed and I'm like, accomplishment number one. And then a uh, meditation practice and then some kind of movement, whether it's, I mean, 10 minutes, 45 minutes. Obviously, I love like a good cold plunge in a sauna. Okay. I, I just discovered contrast therapy in yeah. December and I was like, where have I been? Where have my you life? been? Like, what the heck? Like, I, I honestly, like, it's such a game changer. I feel yeah. like it just does something for my mood and energy levels, which I just, it's like you're high. Yeah. Do you get anxiety or any depression or anything like that? So I, like, during times where it's really stressful, sometimes I am like a little bit anxious. It's not like a, it's yeah. not like a chronic thing, but just like anyone else who's, who has a really, really busy time, yeah. busy life, crazy yeah. schedule. I get anxious because of that. And I find that the cold plunge and sauna really helps. Yeah. Just going into a cold plunge is like having five shots of espresso. What you said about the meditative portion of things, I think that's what appeals to me because 
I find the same with working out where like yeah. when your day is just insane and I feel like your mind is going 100 miles an hour. It's just so grounding to go and do these things, which takes your mind off of the day to day. And like, I find that cold plunge is the same because it's literally like you're having to like breathe. Yeah. Well, think about it. Like some a lot of people have trouble meditating. They're like, how do I even meditate? Just sit there. Like my trainer, Sandy, which I love her. She's like, I can't meditate. Like I need to <laughs> like just stare at a candle or something. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I can't because her mind's always going. But in a cold plunge, you literally cannot do anything but think about breathing. The first time I did it, I didn't realize that you had to kind of breathe through it and yeah. slow down your breath. Yeah. But the first time I did it, I was like, because <gasps> that's yeah. your first reaction, you know? And so I feel like as soon as I had that unlock where I'm like, no, I have to slow down my breath. Then like the two minutes became so easy. Yeah. Because after the first 30 seconds, you're like, oh, shit, like I can do anything. Yeah. You can do anything the rest of the day. If you can go into a plunge that cold and just breathe. <laughs> it's true. So fast forward, you know, you've discovered that movement is really healing for you. You're loving it. You want to kind of bring that out into the world. How do you end up meeting your co-founder? And how do you guys decide that you want to you know, create, tone it up, this community and like making workouts fun. Like, how do you even start? So we met at the gym in Manhattan Beach, California, and she was a trainer there. I was training for a shoot with like Shape Magazine or something. And I also had just gone through a breakup. So Friday nights, I was very lonely. And because I was with this guy for so many years, we kind of had mutual friends. So then I was like, I kind of lost some friends that way. So I was at the gym a lot and Katrina came up to me and I was on my recumbent bike and just started talking to me and then I was stretching and she was like, oh, do you do yoga? You're so flexible. I was like, yeah. And then we started talking and I would go back to the gym the next day and she was there and invited me to a workout class that she was teaching. And then we just realized that we lived like two blocks from each other or a block or whatever. And so we started going on walks and hanging out together and just became quick friends. I moved in with her within three months. We became roommates. Wait, that's so cute. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, we were roommates. It was me and her now husband, Brian. And she was on YouTube as a fitness a person on YouTube when I didn't even, again, 14 years ago. This is pre-Instagram, okay? <laughs> and so I was like, YouTube? And I thought that was for music. And she's like, no. So she's like, and I had my fitness career and I was a trainer and athlete and triathlete and all this stuff and fitness model and host and all the, all this stuff. But then she's like, do you want to do fitness videos together on YouTube? I was like, sure. And then we were like, well, let's, we really bonded over fitness and with how it really transformed our lives. And so we wanted to bring that to women around the world and make, like I said, make fitness fun again. When I think one of the most common things that we hear is that, oh, I'm too busy to move. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for people going through more stressful periods who, you know, are struggling to get a workout in or whatever? I understand being too busy to move, but I also understand prioritizing physical movement, not only for physical health, but mental health. Exactly. Yeah. And even if it's 10 minutes, like even if it's some dumbbells, by your chair or wherever, like you just lift or getting out in nature. It, like even if you can prioritize 10 minutes a day, it usually turns into more. And trust me, I get it. I don't have children, so I can't 
speak on. I do have five Pomeranians, but. Wow. <laughs> five. Yes. Yeah. I have a lot like... of poop to clean up. Okay. I get the poop cleaning. I get like the feeding schedule. I get the noise, the screaming, the barking. <laughs> but... Oh my God. I feel like it's definitely at least two Pomeranians equals one child, right? Like <laughs> yes. there's got to be an equation. <laughs> They're very needy and they need bathed a lot and brushed a lot. But no matter what it is, whether it's waking up a little bit earlier, I mean, I literally, these dogs bark as soon as like I'm waking up and they hear me. Sometimes I try to sneak out to the gym before they wake up. You know, it's the same thing as having a kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, just prioritizing. You have to. You have to. It's so important, especially just for yourself. And then also being able to show up in other relationships, you being your best version. And trust me, I'm a fitness wellness expert and I fail sometimes. And that's okay. I think the takeaway is like kind of just do it imperfectly. Yeah. Because it's not always possible to do it perfectly. And that's okay. Because that was such a big unlock for me as well. Like I remember I used to think that, oh, I have to go work out for 45 minutes or an hour. Otherwise, you know, it doesn't count. Like so stupid, right? Yeah. But I think it was during the pandemic is when we started Array. Mm -hmm. And it took off and prior to then I was just doing workout classes. So I would be like going boxing or Pilates. I'd never really worked out alone. And I remember when we went into the pandemic, I felt like such a failure every time I couldn't get in 45 minutes or an hour because Array was taking off. And it was just like, you know, it was hard to kind of have the same routine as before. But then I realized that my mental health was the same thing that was suffering because I felt really just anxious. I wasn't dealing with things in the way that I normally would if my mind was clear. And so then I realized I was like, all I really need is like even 20 minutes and yeah. anyone can squeeze in 20 minutes. Like I can find that time anywhere. Yeah. And then it like increased <clears throat> from there because I got back into it and I was like, wait, this is so fun and I feel so much better. So I know. Yeah. I always say you never regret a workout. You may not want to do it, but then when you do it, you're like, wow, I feel so good. And even like On the Tone It Up app, we do have 20-minute workouts. And there's actually, like, if you want to get into meditation, there's a Tone Body, Tone Mind program, which is mostly yoga and meditation and walks you through and is progressive if you're new to it. Even me with the pandemic struggled with working out and then still getting back in. So I'm a trainer that has a trainer. And I believe therapists should have therapists. Like, we're all perfectly imperfect. And I love what my trainer, Sandy, says. She's like, okay can you just get in your car and drive to the gym and we'll sit on the couch? I'm like, I can do that. And she's like, okay. And then we'll see if we want to work out. But if you just get there, put those yoga pants on, put those sneakers on, most likely, like give yourself those baby steps. And then most likely you're going to move your body and you're not going to regret it. It's true. I have literally never regretted a workout. I don't think anyone ever has. It's just you get out of there and you're like, shit, like I can't believe I wasn't going to do this today. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, move. (laughs) It's true. So I want to go back into when you decided that you wanted to share kind of your past and everything that you'd been through, because I remember when social media was this like perfect place, highlight reel. And the idea of even sharing something so vulnerable was very daunting. So talk to me about what made you decide to open up to your audience? It was actually more selfish because I believe whether like have you gone to therapy 
I have a couple of times. Yeah. Like once you speak more and you stop hiding, it actually is very healing for yourself. And then once you share your story, others open up and say, oh, my gosh, I was having the same experience. I had those emotions. I also I, too, was considering taking my own life. And then you have with our crisis text line, you know, she found help or me sharing a story makes people feel less alone. And with social media, you know, being this perfectionism, and I always say perfectionism is a prison. Like when my mom was about to, she was getting really sick and I was her caretaker and I was just going through so much and it helped me to share so that I can be the best version of myself. I never planned on having a podcast surrounding mental health, but then all of the community with Tone It Up women it was like, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. I was like, well, shit, I need to do this. People want to talk about it. So I think just all of us coming together and talking openly about our experiences in life, it actually heals us. Isn't it incredible that like, I don't know, we get so we think so many times about sharing the simplest things, which yeah. are part of our human experience. But maybe it's like not the most sexy thing. right? Yeah. But it really does make you so relatable. And also it helps people. It really does. I wish when I was younger, I had people share imperfection in their lives. Because Mm. when growing up in the 90s, it was like, you know, everything was so glossy and everything we saw in the media was so perfect. Mm -hmm. And you never really got to hear those stories. Yeah, it really screwed us up. Think about like, I don't know, I'm older than you, but like Seventeen Magazine. Oh, yeah. Eating Disorder Central. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was everyone says like, oh, social media ruined our young children and our girls and having them have these thoughts in their head of not perfect. But I'm like, I grew up in Seventeen Magazine. No shame out there. Joking? Yeah. Do you? Oh, my God. I I still remember one of these magazines talking about some diet that some, I think it was like, I forget which celebrity, maybe it was Beyonce or something, but it was like water, maple syrup, and cayenne pepper. And everyone was doing this everyone and I remember like my college roommates like my first year of college like that was when this like whole thing came out in 2009 everyone was doing it and no one could study and now I look back and I'm like well no shit no one was eating what were you gonna study with oh my god I was in high school me and my friends were like well I only ate one carrot and half a diet coke today like, where did we get this information? We got it from, it wasn't social media back then, but it was still the media. Totally. So I'm very happy that like in the media now it's, you know, it's changed mm-hmm. a lot and we're educating and being healthier and looking at, but yeah, I mean, even when we were growing up back then, it was no different than the young kids today. That At they, least now young kids have other things that they can consume, you know, yeah. because back then, where were you going to get stories about mental health or like struggles of entrepreneurism like you could not get that anywhere (laughs) nowhere it was a magazine that showed a really skinny girl with beautiful makeup and that was it that was it so when you decided to start talking about this like how long afterwards did you create the big silence mental health foundation and then also your podcast so i started writing my book it took me five years. Wow. Yeah. I'm so was, excited to read it. It's it's dark. Take it in doses. It's like very, I'm just like, this is it growing up back then and what I went through and then the healing. And it has all of my life lessons that I've learned through going through the experience because I would never change a thing in my life. And, 
you know, even my mother, as I was with her in hospice, I told her, like, she was like, regret, regret, I regret. I'm like, mom, do not regret anything. She's like, I was never there for you. I said, but you not being there and the experiences I got to experience and the strength that I learned by you being mentally ill has made me into a wonderful woman that I'm so proud of. So I started writing the book, took five years, and then I wanted to create a foundation because it was always my goal to make sure that no child, no youth, even young adults and and adults have to suffer in silence like I did growing up. So then that led to creating the foundation and then the podcast because the community was like, I want to have these conversations. So we have a lot of doctors, psychologists, and then everyday people and friends and celebrities that are talking about mental health. And it doesn't always have to be a serious conversation. But yeah, I mean, that started in 2021. There was a need and I was willing to take up the job <laughs> to serve the need because I think the more that we talk about it, the world can slowly become a better place. And with our programs, we have a therapy for all scholarship program where you can submit and because a lot of times you can't get therapy. Number one, maybe your health insurance doesn't cover it or you are living in a mental health desert where there's just no resources. So we try to help with that. And then also we have a youth program launching here in Austin that combines physical fitness and mental health practices. So that's like I was, you know, going back to my why as Karina as a teenager didn't have these resources. So it's a a program It's six weeks. It's developed with one of our board members. Debbie is a therapist and she has a youth program. So you have the educational topics on self-worth, bullying, meditation, mindfulness and all these practices combined with what my expertise is, physical fitness and movement. So we're working with an Olympic athlete who has done track and field. So it's kind of like you have your mental health practice and then you train for a 5K as a kid. So you're doing like both things. Wow, I love that. Yeah. Because both things I think are really yeah. important for yeah. our overall wellness. Yeah. I have a question. People who go through difficult periods with their parents, they sometimes find it really difficult to move past that. And you obviously ended up having a really like, I guess like beautiful relationship with your mom and at the end and you were her caretaker and you kind of found peace there. How did that happen? And do you have any tips for people kind of going through something similar? It was a special relationship with my mom. And when I was her caretaker, I, as a, I think my little inner child was hoping that mom would be a mom, but it's that realization that this is the relationship I have and I'm here to take care of her and then learn how to reparent myself. I don't, everyone's different. I am, there's something in me that just continues to forgive and love. And I don't hold resentment because I think if you hold resentment and you don't forgive people for it's not for them, it's for you. Because if you it's hold poison that, inside. Yeah. So I just I just believe in being a good fucking person and helping others. And even if, you know, I see the wounded child in my mom. And with her mental illness, it wasn't her fault. So that was why forgiveness was very important for me. For someone who's going through that, I know it seems like, how do you just love? I don't know. I, I You just do it. Yeah. You, you give back. You help people. You help all of us on this earth as we have this one life that we're here and we try to carry each other through it and hold hands together. 
you just keep being a good person. Really good lesson. And I think more people can learn from that as well, because I'm I'm with you. I think that resentment is it's hardest on yourself at the end of the day. Yeah, it really I feel like it's poison on the inside. And so I think, yeah, people can learn from what you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, even my dad, he was going through his own stuff with my mom being sick and stood by her and his own depression, I would say. And but then he was able to release that. He got married and he's remarried to a wonderful woman, Beth. And, you know, we just we have to move through life and forgive ourselves, forgive others and just live in love. I want to talk about imposter syndrome as an mm-hmm. entrepreneur because mm-hmm. you've been in it for a minute mm-hmm. your company is incredibly successful i mean i just don't even know anyone who made who doesn't know it yeah. and did you ever deal with feeling like imposter syndrome at all yeah i think every entrepreneur what about you yeah like <laughs> i think yeah you go through moments and like for me it it happens every now and then because I'm a very creative person and my co-founder is my husband. He's very analytical. Yeah. And sometimes we'll be going through financial models or like more of the, I guess, analytical things. And I like I see him go through it with such ease. And I feel like, wow, like I'm so stupid, even though I'm not. And when you rationalize with yourself, you know, you're not. I get that because my husband is more financial side of our family. I would say our household and our investments Mm -hmm. and all of that. And I'm more like the creative and like I want to do this and like when I put my mind to something I'm going to do it imposter syndrome yeah but I would also say again founded tone it up 14 years ago I was a different person back then too I had less confidence I was more shy like people like I'm an introvert or now I consider myself a introverted extrovert and I was a lot less secure in who I am and having a voice back then Mm -hmm. So I definitely went through that. But now I'm like, I built this. Yeah. And I did it. And I've overcome so much. And but there definitely were quite a bit of years where I was like feeling inferior that I didn't deserve it. But I think that just goes along with growth as a human and real and and confidence. Yeah, 100 percent. I feel like you just kind of step into it and you just realize that like, yeah, it's fine. Like I did this. Like, why why push myself down and make myself smaller when, like, I actually did this? A hundred percent. Do you have any tips for people who kind of their own doubt keeps them in their own way of, like, going for what they want to do? I would say for me, going through therapy really helped with and, like, trauma therapy and EMDR and, like, just all this stuff really helped me feel more confident in who I am mm-hmm. and having that voice. Like I used to never be able to speak without like my throat closing up. I think reaching out and I honestly, therapy has been a game changer for me and I've been doing it for like a decade and I will never stop. <laughs> Good. Yeah. And you can talk to a therapist, not about yourself or a childhood trauma. You can talk to a therapist about an insecurity you have. And then I love it in therapy too, when you actually are given homework, mm-hmm. whether it's journaling or doing certain practices or really goal setting. So it's not necessarily that you are having a mental health crisis that you go to a therapist. It's like, okay, I just need support or there's coaches or you know anything like that. 
How can someone go about finding the right therapist? Because this is a question that, so I like every week I do, like on my Instagram, I ask people to send their current goals and like I recommend either a book or a podcast that could be helpful for them. And something that's come up quite a few times is like, how do you find a good therapist? Or like my goal is to find a good therapist. Oh, wow. I know. I always say a therapist should be someone that you feel comfortable with to have a cup of tea and or meet at a coffee shop and you just want to talk you should always so it's kind of like dating and it's okay if you go through like two three four five therapists and you're like that's not my vibe so it's really finding someone that is your vibe I always send out referrals I've referred out many therapists because I have not only through the big silence foundation we have resources but you know there's is it psychologytoday.com you can find someone in your zip code mm-hmm. a lot of times then you have to decide do you want to do it over zoom or do you want to have it in person but it's really like there's i bet there is like a dating app for therapists so. if not someone That's create good. this this is there's Somebody your business idea I, no, maybe take, it should be you correct <laughs> I know there probably is something, but yeah, there's like all these questions of, you know, what you want in a therapist. Swipe right on your therapist. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, nope. Yes. Yeah. It's just know that if you're looking for someone and you, you find one therapist and you're like, I don't like this. I'm not comfortable. It's okay. Just Mm -hmm. there's so many people out there. I love that. Okay. This has been an incredible conversation. Before we wrap, I always end the show with a rapid fire round. So number one, what is one habit that's a non-negotiable for you? Meditation each morning. For how long? If I don't want to do it, two minutes. If I want to really get in, 20. And do you do self-guided? Do you use an app? What's your What's your favorite way to do it? It depends on my mood. And this might not be rapid fire because I could talk about this forever. But <laughs> I, I allow myself whatever I'm feeling that day. Like, ugh, I don't want to. It's kind of like, ugh, I don't want to work out. Okay, just walk around for 10 minutes or do something. Meditate for two minutes. Sometimes self-guided. Oh, and then at bedtime, I always listen to The Call Map with Matthew McConaughey. Really? Oh, my gosh. Okay, that sounds like he does an adult, not an adult. <laughs> sounds bad. Adult sleep story, not like that. <laughs> an adult sleep story. I'm dead. It's not, not like that kind of adult. It's misadvertised now. <laughs> it's called Wonder on the Calm app. Not paid, but literally, my friend from LA, Mia, was just in town, and she's like, "I can't fall asleep." I'm like, "Listen to Matthew McConaughey's." sleep story on calm and she did every night she was here and she's like oh my gosh I just like fell asleep within five minutes that's so interesting (laughs) so we have google homes all over our apartment yeah and for the longest time I got into this habit where I'd tell google to tell me a bedtime story yeah it wasn't Matthew McConaughey it was like some narrator but it was still very soothing (laughs) it just chilled me out (laughs) he starts it and he's here in Austin he's like well hello there (laughs) and then I'm like I listened to his book on audio and I, yes, that's why I was like, when he said he has like a story, I'm like, I would listen to that. He's like a good narrator. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Question number two. What is a book that you love? The Big Silence. (laughs) My memoir. There we go. It's a roller coaster of a read, but it has a really happy ending and I share all my life lessons. Love that. Last question. What is your favorite self-care practice and not meditation since we just Um, talked about that? I'm huge on moisturizer. Huh. Like I mean, with skincare, I think since I was a teenager, I was watching the Oprah Winfrey show back in the day when I was like 15. And she was like, always moisturize first thing in the morning and at night. And I literally moisturize like all day. 
And all my friends are like, you have great skin because I'm about to be 42. You and- you do. I, I like I was just going to tell you that it's <laughs> glowing. Thank yeah, you. we need a moisturizer recommendation. <laughs> I can give you that. We can put it in the show notes. I have a whole routine. I have very sensitive skin, so I have to stick to one line. And it's like Skin Medica is what I use. So Love it. Tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me at KarinaDawn.com. TheBigSilence.com is our foundation. Or on Instagram, it's the same, Karina Dawn or the Big Silence. Thank you so much for being here. This Thank you so for fun. having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.